Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Salmon Trout Steel Adder Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by AmatoBooks.com. Go to AmatoBooks.com and take a look at the wide range of fishing literature that you can find incredible technique-oriented books, as well as some of my favorites are the ones having to do with fishing history. And so take a look at the books on AmatoBooks.com. And today on the podcast, I have a good friend of mine named Kelly Wilson. And the reason I'm interviewing Kelly is because he's someone I've learned a ton about fishing from. Um, And I'd like to just discuss uh, one subject, which to me is one of the most exciting things about fishing. So thanks for being on the podcast, Kelly. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. For sure, man. So let's talk a little bit about you and what you do when it comes to new rivers, new water. So one of the things that I've noticed about Kelly, he'll definitely spend his time at various, you know, places throughout the year, fish, you know, various rivers. Maybe sometimes he'll do a fishery for a couple weeks in a row, perhaps, but he's always itching to get out and do something new and try a new river, try a new spot. If winter steelhead are starting to come in, he's always trying to get the earliest one, um, not necessarily just, you know, keep hammering on coho. He wants to go get the newest fish from the newest runs. Okay, Kelly, so when you get to a new river that you've decided to fish, what is the first thing you do when you drive along the river? Do you look for a hole? Do you just kind of stop, start fishing? What do you do to kind of decide on the first place to fish? Uh, I think that would depend on like the weather condition, you know, what's going on that specific day I go check out a new river. I normally would try to, you know, find a spot on the lowest point, try to get in there quick, look for, depending on which fish I'm looking for, I would uh, look for the specific spots that they would be hanging out in Um, I'd cover it real quick try a couple different techniques to make sure maybe you know I'm not missing something yeah so kind of you like to start out lower in the river yeah check it really quick and then you know if it's high water conditions I'll just shoot up as high as I can find a way to get in yep cover some you know typical spots types of waters that you would look for for sure now, um, quick, I never spend more than, you know, a few casts yeah, when so, I'm trying to learn a new river system. Yeah. So when you start out, you're more kind of running and gunning. Yeah. You're, you're fishing fast. So, um, so like you said, you start out low maybe, and then if the water is higher, you go higher in the river, do that normal thing, kind of look for water. And then, uh, once you once you find a fish do you start kind of slowing down and picking apart the water more yeah definitely would slow it down and just kind of really cover that area where i found the fish yeah make sure there's no more hanging out typically there is yeah you find one there's probably a handful more there yeah for sure or at least a pair so let's say let's talk a uh, winter steelhead in particular okay let's take the conditions let's say it's low and clear you're on a new river that you don't know a ton about but you've started exploring um, what type of techniques are you going to start out with 
Low and clear, I'm gonna stay low. The lowest point, maybe the first hole out of tidewater. Mm -hmm. First, I'm gonna try, you know, the smallest presentation I can use. And if mm -hmm. that doesn't work, I'm gonna immediately go to the biggest, brightest presentation Interesting. that I have. Yeah, so you might start out with something like a small bead or a jig, or what do you mean? What, what for small presentations do you like? That also kind of depends on the location. Yeah. Uh, I like to bead fish a lot, so I'd probably use a really small bead, probably a 12 mil. Mm-hmm. And uh, in low clear situations, what kind of colors are you looking at? Um, I really like uh, reds. Reds, okay. Um, do you do, do you mess with the modeled type beads or do you just like a straight color? I like to use the uh, modeled. Yeah. Yeah, there was one uh, I remember that you were just absolutely destroying on. I think it was from trout beads perhaps. Oh, maybe, okay. Kelly just gave me the don't talk about that bead look. So, okay, <laughs> never mind. So you like reds and you like uh, some of the modeled stuff. Um, what do you prefer? Do you like fishing hard beads or soft beads? I used to use soft beads a lot and then people started like really catching on to them. It wasn't very popular at the time. Yeah. I was really using them. <clears throat> so I switched back to hard beads and it's been working great. Yeah, no, that's true. You were definitely kind of an early adopter of soft beads and really cleaned up on them. I remember you uh, caught a ton of fish on the BNR. So, but you said as, as more people caught on to how effective they are, you went back to hard beads. Now, are you looking to kind of just have a different lure than what else is going on on the river? Is that the reason? Yeah, I really like to just kind of not use what everyone else is using. Mm-hmm trying to always present something a little bit different yeah even if it is you know just a harder bead mm -hmm. yeah and then uh, you mentioned um, if the smaller more subtle presentations aren't working you might go with something really big and obtrusive and um, what would that be are you talking like plugs and spinners or just really big beads or something or uh, maybe a bigger bead or a six inch worm mm -hmm. uh, big flashy spoon yeah try to get you know find the most aggressive fish in the hole yeah how many rods are you usually uh, running around the bank with if I'm trying a new river I'll bring a couple rods most mm -hmm. of the time but yeah when I fish my uh, local rivers I only like to bring one interesting and I'll you know I'll have everything uh, pre-set up the night before a trip or something like that yeah. so it's pretty easy to switch out if I need to switch out yeah for sure so one of the things about Kelly so um just kind of want to talk a little bit about his uh fishing ability and I've fished with him a ton um he's very effective from a boat if he goes with someone that has it but he is uh you know your fish bum bank maggot you know that's what he does he drives all over um, the state and explores new rivers and um, catches an insane amount of fish most of which he doesn't post you know he may send a few to his friends here and there but you really don't post that much online but if people want to see your fish even though you've deleted like hundreds of great photos um, what's your Instagram handle 
River Warrior 87. No spaces or anything? No spaces. River Warrior 87. So go on Instagram and follow Kelly at River Warrior 87. But let's talk a bit about um, about your favorite fish. There's a lot of fish that you catch, but if you could choose three species throughout the year to fish for, what would they be? Be summer steelhead, um, wild winter steelhead, and probably coho. Absolutely. B-run coho. B-run coho. So, Kelly has caught some ridiculous specimens this year for B-run coho. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what what do you approach B-run coho with? Do you, do you fish fast or do you fish slower and what do you use? Um, I like to fish quick for B-run coho because normally if they're in a bucket or, you know, deep hole they're gonna it's gonna be first cast I like to twitch jigs for them or run spoons or wiggle warts mm. and then i've also seen you doing really good on spinners as well oh yeah yeah so if you were gonna fish for coho and you could only choose three colors of wigglers or patterns what, what are kind of your favorites to go for pink pink and green Pink and green, okay. Pink and green. What types of greens? Are you talking dark greens or lighter chartreuse type? Yeah, chartreuse. Chartreuse and pink. Okay, so those are those are definitely deadly. What about with twitching jigs? Do you like to go with darker colors or brighter colors or? Yeah, I really like to use um, darker colors for coho. When it comes to twitching, I have more success with uh, purples or blacks. Uh huh. I found out that they, for me, they don't really uh, go after the brighter twitching jigs. I, I never catch freaking coho on pink twitching jigs. Yeah. I don't know why. It's always purple or black. That is interesting. Um, I've definitely had more success down here in Washington on purple, blue. black, blue, but up in Alaska, pink is on fire. And there is some days it seems like coho will eat anything, but yeah. No, that's definitely a factor. Um, now, do you ever fish beads for salmon? Oh, yeah. Coho, actually, they love those beads, man. Yeah, I had that experience. Chum, too. Oh, chum, interesting. I definitely caught a ton of uh, coho on beads up in Alaska, and you hear about people doing it down here. Are you going with bigger beads for them? Yeah, I like to use uh, 16 to 20 mil. Are you ever scenting them up? Oh no! I'll just run them no scent. Yeah. Um, do you use do you use scent in other applications? Uh, I, I use scent for winter steelhead. Mm -hmm. I like uh, procure the krill or garlic sauce. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed uh, when we were summer steelhead fishing, you definitely like to to scent up with some garlic or krill and stuff and. Uh, so yeah, scent, you know, definitely a factor sometimes, but it's not something you use as much with coho. No, I don't really like to use scent for coho. Mm-hmm. Do you do do you do much egg fishing for coho? Um Yeah, I do. Just depends on the location, water conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the hole that I'm fishing, maybe. Yeah. So, so you fish pretty fast for B-run coho. You like throwing spoons, twitching jigs, wigglers, spinners. 
and all that. Um, how do you target the big, impressive specimens that you do? Um, when I'm targeting those big bee run coho, I like to look for, you know, banks with that are, have really big undercuts that they can hide, mm. real dark spots that they can hide in under, you know, in big log jams, mm -hmm. under logs, looking for big deep holes with lots of structure in them. Okay. So they can just hide. Yeah. Is this something, um, do you feel like you find them more there than in like Riffley water? Do, do you think it, do you think there's a difference between where big coho hold and small coho hold at all? I normally just, I find that a lot of times the bigger coho that I've gotten into, they're really just in the biggest, deepest holes that I can find. Interesting. With, yeah. You know, just lots of structure real slow moving water mm-hmm well and you know one conversation that we were having uh, maybe a year or two ago we were talking about big steelhead holding water and of course there's so many variables and it's you know you can be surprised any different time but let's talk about big wild winter steelhead if you're targeting them is there any type of water you're looking for in particular um, I'm looking for runs that have like really big boulder gardens okay real fast heavy flows with you know real nice soft kind of seams off of them yeah big boulders big rocks that they can hide behind yeah but kind of close to heavy flow yeah pretty yeah. heavy flow and then uh what do you what do you like to target big wild winters with i like to toss spoons and run worms worms yep uh on a, on a jig head yeah on a jig head do you go with eighth ounce or quarter ounce or eighth ounce yeah primarily eighth yeah and uh are you into are you into fixed floats at all or do you mostly just go with a sliding float for the most part i go with the sliding float i'll uh use fixed floats in creeks mm -hmm. and, you know smaller tributaries yeah and then what about as far as leader goes do you think they're line shy or how how heavy do you go do you do fluorocarbon mono yeah i like to use fluorocarbon i'll run like 17 pound to maybe 20 pound okay yep for bigger fish yeah and with that fluorocarbon it's pretty much invisible anyway so so let's talk a little bit about that so you know going back to discovering new rivers let's say you want to find a big wild steelhead on a river and it's kind of medium flow where there's there's not a ton of visibility but um, let's say maybe three or four feet if you're gonna be float fishing for instance how much how you know how fast will you cover a hole how how far how far out will you spread your casts? Like, are you gonna cast one place and then do another five feet and cast there? Or are you gonna do three feet or 10 feet or? Yeah, I'll typically check the top of the hole first. I was watching on salmon uh, old video that Nick was doing yeah. on salmon trout steel ladder. He always said to, you know, just how you just said it, 
to check the top, don't let it go, you know, don't long line it. Yeah. Then go into the middle of the run, do mm-hmm. the same thing, and then get into the tail line. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you don't necessarily do these long hero drifts. You're kind of covering it piece by piece. No, I, I definitely do not take a chance at long lining. Yeah. Because, you know, you do hook a, a fish at the... <laughs> at the end of the hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So you're kind of covering piece by piece, making fairly frequent casts and moving through. And then how many presentations will you try in a hole before you move on? Two different lures or three different lures before you move on? or I'm going to try everything I have in my tackle with me before really? I move on. Yeah. So you're pretty confident there's fish in there, so you're going to throw everything. You might throw a bead, a worm, a spoon. Yeah, and then if um, that doesn't work, then I just get moving. Mm-hmm. Maybe come back and check again before mm-hmm. leaving the river. Is there any time of day that you prefer for steelhead? Um, if it's in the winter time, I like fishing, you know, around noon. Around noon, yeah. So the water temps go up a little bit. Yeah. So you're not necessarily waking up super early every single time. It's one thing I've noticed with you, you're not, af- you're not afraid to go behind people and fish. So if you're fishing behind a bunch of other fishermen, what do you what do you do to try to pick out a fish from behind them? Just kind of check out what technique they're using and watch kind of what water they're not fishing. Mm-hmm. Which part of the seams or runs they're not checking, and then I'll uh, try to use something that they're not using, or maybe throw something that triggers the most aggression out of a fish mm-hmm. so they go for my presentation yeah so something like a spoon or a plug or something yeah yeah and then when it comes to bead fishing there's one I, I think i actually mentioned it in an article i called it kelly dogging instead of bobber dogging um and it's something you know you'll see a decent amount of people doing but i've noticed that you're not necessarily just slamming your weight off the, the rocks left and right. You're kind of more letting that thing drift through, hit a rock every once in a while and stuff. Um, so with your bead setup, what kind of a setup do you like to run? Say you're fishing a four foot deep riffle. Um, you know, how, how far on your bobber stop would you go? Would you use a split shot on your leader, you know? Yeah, if I was only Fishing a, a four-foot riffle, I'd probably run it about two feet deep. On your kinda, bobber stop? Yeah, on okay. my bobber stop. Kind of mm-hmm. try to glide it. Okay. Yeah, gliding it. And that's kind of a drift fishing term. Yeah. Yeah, where you're... Kind of get the bead to just bounce every once in a while off mm-hmm. the bottom, but stay most of the time in the strike zone, you know, six to eight inches off the bottom. Yeah. For sure. So more right in the fish's face and kind of just... Yeah. And you'll be running like a inline weight with your flow. And then don't you typically do a split shot in between your leader? Yeah. I'll, I like to run split shots. Mm-hmm. Just one of them? Yeah. 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 Cool. So yeah, just kind of gliding that bead through. So it's almost a vertical presentation, but not quite. Yeah. And that's certainly been super effective for you. Um, 
if you had to choose and you could only use one, would you rather run beads or jigs? Beads. Beads. Definitely beads. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to catch, you know, any species that's in there. Yeah. Salmon or steelhead. Yeah. All year long. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, um, now another note on, on wild steelhead. Um, do you, when it comes to those big wild winter steelhead, do you spend a lot of time at the, at the same hole or are you more running and gunning for those as well? Running and gunning. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of similar to bee run coho where if they're going to bite, they're going to bite. And yeah. if not, you keep going, keep covering water. So how much water will you cover in a given day? Too much. Too much. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And then you're not afraid to even fish multiple rivers in one day. Yeah, sometimes, you know, depending on how things go, I'll fish five or six rivers in one day. Yeah. Man, your gas bill must be insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty pretty rough. Yeah. But, hey, it results in a ton of fish. And let me tell you, Kelly is truly an incredible fisherman who, uh, like I said, he doesn't post very many of them. Um, but check him out on Instagram, riverwarrior87. On Instagram, you can see some of his uh, trophy fish that he catches. And uh, and it's, it's great to have a fishing buddy who's so connected with the fish runs, I can talk to Kelly and he's always got his finger on what's going on. And he's the type of person that just when you're finding out a river is hot, he's already been there for a week and he's moving on to the next one that's hot. So, you know, trying to stay ahead of the pressure. And so, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you mind fishing around other people or would you rather kind of get out on your own? I don't mind it, but I would definitely rather be out on my own yeah away from sure. everything unpressured fish finding unpressured fish is amazing absolutely and getting to those first ones so it's like november 23rd or yeah it's the 23rd today november 23rd uh have you tried any winter steelhead fishing yet yeah i actually caught my first winter steelhead like two weeks ago that is awesome awesome it's been a nice little showing how do you feel about this 2022-23 winter steelhead season? You think it's going to be a good one? I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So we did see an uptick in summer steelhead returns. We had some pretty awesome days. Um, and the coho run was really good. It continues to be good. And so really hoping that that reflects in a good winter steelhead season. So in December, uh, for you know mostly hatchery fish... What what kind of techniques are you going to be running with this December? Bobber and beads. Bobber and beads, primarily? Yeah. Are you doing any bait for them? Um, no, I don't run. I normally don't run bait for hatchery winter steelhead. Yeah. I'll use a lot of bait for summer steelhead, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So a lot of beads, uh, do you do anything else uh, for the hatchery winners? Yeah, bobber and nightmare jig. Bobber and nightmare Tipped jig. Tipped with some prawn. Ooh, that's a little tidbit that is phenomenal for hatchery steelhead. So you do run a little bait, let's be honest. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's that's absolutely deadly. And then, do you throw any spinners or spoons for them ever? Or? Not for hatchery. Yeah, that's more when the wilds start coming yeah. in. Cool. And when do you start targeting wild steelhead? Depends on the system. I have a few that I can start in December, mm-hmm. early December, and then, but most of the time in January. Yep. And then from then on out, you don't care about hatchery fish. Yep. Yep. Got plenty of fish in the freezer already. So, well, cool, Kelly. It's good to catch up with you. And like I said, guys, River Warrior 87 check him out on Instagram. And uh, if you see him out on the river, say hello. And, uh, and try to look at what he's using because I guarantee you it's working. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks for being on the Salmon Trout Sealheader podcast, Kelly. Thanks for having me. For sure. All right, let's go fishing soon, man. Yep.